morning, church. My name is Nelson Barreto, and we are so grateful to be together today. Thanks to all of you that have connected, brothers, sisters, friends, neighbors, family members, for being connected with us virtually in this service this morning. You know, my family and I moved about four days ago from Santiago de Chile, South America. And we moved to L.A. to serve the awesome church in Rancho Cucamonga. And I have to say, we, are, we have been moved. We have been blessed. We have been even overwhelmed with so much love and joy and appreciation and gratitude that has been bestowed to us by each one of you in the Inland Empire, by Sergio and Scott and their wives, and especially by the brothers and sisters in Rancho Cucamonga. You know, when we moved to Chile, we didn't know what to expect. And we came into the home that God had allowed us to live in. And we thought, you know, we'll have a couple of beds to sleep in temporarily for now. And it was a big surprise. You know, we, we came in and they blindfolded us. And we came into the house and it was completely decorated, furnished, Everything, I mean, refrigerator, stove, washer and dryer, everything. I mean, sofas and every room was beautifully decorated. The kitchen was stuffed. We were, we were blown away. We we're so grateful coming in uh, to LA, to Rancho and, and be welcomed like that. It blew our minds. Our daughters couldn't believe it. And, and we are so grateful, guys. And then on top of that, every day, brothers and sisters have come by and drop off food. I mean, we have to start putting the food in the, in the, in the freezer and make sure it doesn't go bad. We have so much food. Thank you so much. And then on top of that, this past Sunday, you know, we couldn't meet together. We're meeting virtually, but brothers and sisters drove by. You know, we're, we're sitting in the driveway and they're driving by saying hello. And we're taking pictures and giving us cards and, and food and gifts. And we, we definitely do not deserve your love, church. And I just want to take a moment to thank each and every one of you for making our transition into the States, in California, into L.A., into a new church, into a new family that... I'm sure we grow to love and, and treasure. You have made this so special for us. Uh, we feel that we're not coming just to serve a church. We're coming to friends, to family, and you have received us as such, as family members of your own family. And this house, Tony and Victoria's house, is becoming our home. And I want to thank you for all the work and all the sacrifice and all the toil and labor of love that you have poured out in me, in myself and my family. So thank you so very much. And at this time, before we continue with the message today, I would ask you please to bow your heads and accompany me in a word of prayer. Dear Father in heaven, Dad, you are our Father. You are the creator of the universe. 
You count every cloud and know every star. And yet, you love us deeply, individually, intimately, and even collectively. Father, to you I come today and I pray that your words, that your spirit will talk to each of us, will help us open our eyes and will help us make decisions and go in a direction, Father, to be closer to you. Father, thank you for the honor to express your word, to communicate your heart. I pray that you move me aside and it will be your message and yet not the messenger that is remembered, but only your message and that your name will be glorified today. I pray all this in the name of your Son. Amen. Amen. Well, I have a question for all of us this morning. And that question is, how do you feel about changes? How do you feel about changes? You know, every year comes with a lot of changes. However, this year, 2020, have come with a lot of changes. I mean, unprecedented changes. I mean, we faced social changes this year, political changes this year, economic changes this year. I mean, we have faced changes in our work, in education. I'm sure you have in your school or university or campus or a high school or middle school. I mean, you're your neighbors. We have faced a lot of changes, a lot of changes on how to behave, a lot of changes with family that we can or cannot see, uh, economical changes, health changes. Wow, has it been a year of many changes? You know, since we're born, we experience a lot of changes. Some of us like changes, and some of us not so much, right? And as this year comes to a close, you know, this year 2020, that we all wish to go, right? But as this year comes to a close, and we begin a new year, and we have gone through so many changes, and I'm sure we'll go through more changes, the question is, how do we deal with changes? How do we face changes? A great speaker I heard once said, it is not what happens to us that determines our destination, but it's what we do with what happens. It's not what happens to us but it's what we do what, with what it happens to us that really determines the outcome of things. This speaker went on to illustrate it like this. He said, you know, we're like in a small sailing ship in the middle of the ocean, right? And it is not the direction of the winds that really determines where we end up, but rather the direction of the sails. The winds will change constantly. But if the direction of the sails are properly located, we will end up where we truly want. You see, the winds of change come for everyone. The winds of disaster, the winds of suffering, 
the winds of happiness, the winds of victory, the winds of despair, the winds of challenges, but also the winds of success and celebration. The winds affects us all. Social winds, political winds, economic winds. The difference in the destination is not determined by the direction of the winds, but rather the direction of the sails. And I pray that today God will show us what to do when we face winds of change. You want a title for today's message is simply winds of change. And, and I pray of everything that we will talk about today, there's one, one thought, one theme that I would like all of us to meditate and keep in our hearts and maybe remember for the rest of the week. And that is, when the winds change, remember to change the direction of your sails. When the winds change, remember to change the direction of your sails. So please go with me to the Bible. We're going to open up our Bibles to the book of Acts. And we're going to chapter 16 to look at a story where the winds change quite a bit. And to see what God can show us on how to deal with changes. We're going to begin in the book of Acts in chapter 16 in verse 16 of chapter 16 in the book of Acts. But before we go there, I just want to give you a little bit of context. In chapter 16, we find Paul and Silas that they're on a trip, they're on a journey, right, uh, through Syria and Sicilia, and they're consolidating the churches as they go through visiting different churches in that area. We also see Paul and all the disciples, including Silas and Timothy, who are preaching the word in the city of Philippi. And they even met, earlier on, uh, named Lydia, a great woman, who gets converted. So Paul and, he, and the disciples with him are fired up, they're preaching the word, they're excited. People are coming to faith, prominent people are coming to faith. They, they are fired up, right? And then the winds change. Let's pick up here in verse 16 of Acts chapter 16. And let's read on. He says, Once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by future telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High who are telling you the way to be saved. What an advertisement, right? I mean, you would like some people behind you as you share your faith, as you talk to people about God, saying something like this, right? Verse 18 says, she kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. When her owners realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews, and they are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. 
the crowd joined the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that, that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up, and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, Don't harm yourself, we're all here! The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Then immediately he and all his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God and he and his whole household. What an amazing story. You see, basically in this story we see Three characters. We could say three characters. We have the slave masters. We have the jailer. And we have Paul and Silas. And, and let me ask you, were these characters affected by change? Did they face some changes in this story? Did they face some winds or change? Oh yes, they did. But yet not all the characters reacted the same when they were faced with the winds of change. Two of these characters responded very negatively to the change. But another character responded really positively despite the difficult changes. Well, first we have the slave masters of this girl. They were listening to the slave girl saying day after day that Paul and Silas were preaching from God, that they had a way to be saved. And yet, when Paul rebuked the Spirit and the Spirit came out of her, what did they focus on? Did they focus on the good news? On the way to be saved? On drawing near to God? Or did they focus on what they lost? The monetary lost. See, they focus on the negative. They focus on what they didn't have anymore. And they decided to take Paul and Silas and threw them in, 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 in the marketplace and create an uproar. You see, they emphasized that it was forbidden for them to believe in these things, to draw near to God, to believe these customs. 
I mean, can you imagine? They had salvation right there. They had God at their grasp. They had salvation, the good news, the way to God right there in front of them. Preached by none other than the Apostle Paul. I mean, none of us preach as the Apostle Paul, right? I, 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 even here, I have bad lighting. I'm sorry. You know, in my first sermon here, and I have bad lighting, and I got roasters jelling uh, and dogs and cars coming through. But, but you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he's preaching to them. And yet they focus on the negative. They focus on what they lost. And ultimately, they lost the opportunity to be saved. The opportunity to draw near to God. And then you have the jailer. The jailer also reacted really poorly in the beginning. You know, he's in charge of Paul and Silas, making sure they don't escape. I mean, he, he when he's given this direction, the Bible says that he put them in the inner cell, right? He wanted to make sure these people didn't escape. My life is on the line if they do. And there's an earthquake. Instantly, all the doors are open. The chains, even the chains came off of the prisoners. And in the jailer's mind, it's like, oh, no, this went of change. This is going to kill me. They are going to torture me. This is going to go really bad for me. You know, I better just end this right now. He draws his sword out. He's about to kill himself. I mean, he would rather kill himself than face the consequences of these people escaping. Wow. You know, it's so normal for you and me when before our very eyes the winds of change are negative are not what we expected. Or they don't continue as we like it. For us to act and react poorly. I mean, it happens to me. We are conditioned. When things don't go my way, when the winds of change go in an opposite direction of what I would like it to happen, I get frustrated. I fret. I get angry sometimes, even. Some of us might get depressed. Some of us may complain. Why is this happening? But let's take a look at how godly men reacted when they were faced with winds of change. When things became very difficult and dire, how did Paul and Silas reacted from being celebrating to now being in prison in the inner cell wow you know the inner cell in a prison was the, the place of greater security the inner cell was also called inner dungeons and the dungeon was a place that was underground it was a very dark place. It was designed to create terror, to scare people off. It was said that they would leave skeletons of other prisoners left behind there so you would be even more terrified. And it was underground so people can hear the, the yelling when you're tortured. And of course it was underground because they didn't want you to escape. And imagine Paul and Silas. They were I mean, they were stripped of their clothes, they were beaten, and then they are thrown into this dungeon, this inner cell. 
what what would have you done what would have we done if you and I are in that situation you know we're preaching God we're we're making disciples we're telling people the good news about Jesus and in a matter of moments we're beaten thrown into jail in a horrible smelly dark place what would you and I do I, I gotta be honest you know I, I don't think I'll be happy I, I mean for sure many of us will complain I mean many of us will be like what's going on we will get depressed discouraged maybe some of us would even blame God like, God, wh- why is this happening? I'm here preaching your word. I'm here being righteous. And, and, and this is what I get? In jail? Beaten? Wow. Well, I don't deserve this. Why is this happening to me? And we react like this. When things don't go our way, we tend to act and react very negatively. But yeah, let's see what Paul and Silas did. Paul and Silas, in verse 25, he says, Around midnight, Paul and Silas began to pray and sing hymns to God. Wow, Paul and Silas. I mean, he says, around midnight. So they might have been really tired. They might have beaten them with, I don't know, what hours of the night or the day. And, and they were beat up. And I imagine they looked at each other. I mean, they're alone. It's not like they're all before the church. Or the, what is the church? They're alone. Just Paul and Silas. Dark. Beaten. And I guess they looked at each other. Maybe maybe they woke up from being so tired and so beat up. And they looked at each other and said, what are we going to do, man? What are we going to do, bro? They decided to pray. They decided to sing hymns to God. And maybe they were praying so loud. And they were singing so loud. Remember, they're in a dungeon. Designed for people not to hear them. Designed to be confined. And the Bible says that other, the other prisoners were listening to them. They must have been singing loud, praying loud. That the other prisoners were able to hear them. Wow. Can you believe this? In the middle of this difficult situation. Faced with a difficult change. I mean the winds of suffering. Talk about a winds of change for the bad. Paul and Silas decided to set their sails in the direction of their Lord. In the direction of God. You see when the winds changed. Paul and Silas. Godly men decided to set their sails of their hearts in the proper direction. You see, brothers and sisters, friend, family member, neighbor, co-worker, when the winds change, remember to change the direction of your sails, the direction of your hearts. And what happened next in the story? Well, as we already know, the prison doors open wide and Paul yelled at the jailers, don't hurt yourself, we're all here. In other words, Paul also helped the jailer change 
the direction of his cells, of his heart, of his mind, in the proper direction. What a great example. We need to be like Paul and Silas. We need to remember to change the direction of our heart when things change for the bad. Change the direction of our hearts, of ourselves, towards God and help others do the same. And of course we know what that produced in the jailer, right? The Bible tells us that trembling, he fell at the feet of Paul and Silas and asked an amazing and important question. He asked, Sirs, what do I have to do to be saved? You know, if you don't have a relationship with God today, if you're looking, if you're seeking, if you really don't know how to have a relationship with God, I ask you, please follow that example of the jailer. But if you're connected with us today, it's great news. You can follow that example of the jailers. And, and whoever invited you to the service, say, Sirs, friend, amigo, what do I have to do to be saved? There's not a more important question <laughs> you can ask in your life than what do I have to do to be saved? What an amazing question. And you know, the jailer did this and Although it was forbidden for the Romans to follow these customs. It was forbidden. He should not be asking this. It's not what the culture demands. He's surrounding his peers. Imagine his peers. There was, there's no way you ask this question. You do not follow this custom, this Christ, this Jesus. But yet he did. He was not afraid of his surroundings. He was not afraid of asking, what must I do? To be safe. The jailer goes on to take him into the, his own home. He cleans his wounds. And the jailer and his entire family heard the word of God exposed and explained to them. And the Bible says that at that hour of the night. You see, they didn't wait for next day, next month, next week. Oh, it's not convenient. No, the Bible says at that hour of the night, the jailer and all his family were baptized. Oh, man. That's incredible. That's awesome. I mean, I hear stories like this in the Bible, and I go, yes. But, you know, I ask, how, how did this happen? How did we get to this amazing, awesome outcome from something so terrible? How can anything good Come out of such a difficult situation. Well, Paul and Silas decided to seek God. To, to look to God and not look to themselves, or their minds, or their surroundings, or their difficult situations. You see, when situations change, for these three groups of people, when the winds of change Face these three different groups of people. Some took it very negatively and draw and, and, and went far away from God. But a few good men, godly men, took the situation and draw near to God. They decided to surrender to God's will, to seek Him. 
And that's why today I want you to remember what Paul did, Paul and Silas. When the winds changed for Paul and Silas, they remember to change the direction of their sails, the direction of their hearts towards God. You see, you and I are living in difficult, changing times. And the winds are always changing for us. The question is, how are we going to react? When the winds change socially, politically, when the winds change at school, on campus, at work, in your personal life, when the winds change even at church, we have new people in the church now, right? Hey, some might be, a lot of them might be really excited, but maybe, maybe not everybody's as excited. That's fired up, but it's okay. When things change in our relationship with God even, when things change all around you, what is going to be your attitude? The one of the slave masters? Or even the jailer in the beginning? Negative? Everything is wrong? Everything is going bad? I'm broke? This is over? Nothing will be ever the same? Or will you have the attitude of the man of God? Will you seek God? Will you praise God? Will you go to God despite the difficult situations surrounding you? The truth is, we do not know what 2021 will bring. We do not know what will happen next month, next week. Heck, even this afternoon, we do not know what the future holds. But if we seek God, we can be sure that everything will be okay. You know what's interesting? In Acts chapter 16, with the jailer and his family, and Lydia being converted, the church in Philippi was born. That was the beginning, the birth of the church in Philippi, Acts chapter 16. And so happens, so interesting, that years later, from another prison, we find Paul writing a letter to this beautiful church that he started. And he writes a letter that is recorded in Philippians chapter 4. And I want you to read a couple of verses with me. As he, write, as he writes to the church that he saw being born, even through difficult situations. Look what he tells them years later. From another prison. I think Paul liked prison. Somehow he ended up in a prison a lot of times. But in Philippians chapter 4, in verse 4, he writes to them and he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And I imagine that he writes verse 6, thinking about that time that was so difficult with Silas in prison. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, and he might be remembering right now the cell and the dungeon and the smell and the darkness, and he says, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 
Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. He's basically telling the church in Philippi, the church that he saw coming to fruition, coming to reality. He says, remember church. Remember how we started. Remember how this church started from the middle of very difficult and dire situations. In the middle of such a horrific time Remember that with prayers, with hymns, with gratitudes. We went to God. Silas and I, we went to God. And by the grace of God, we endured. And the church was born. And the jailer was baptized. And his entire family was baptized. Please remember. When the winds of change come to you. Especially negative ones, bad ones. When you face difficulties, remember to set your hearts in the direction of our Lord. Remember. Remember not to worry about anything. Remember to rather on every occasion with prayer and supplications present your request to God. Instead of worrying, he says, put in practice what you've seen in me. He says, instead of worrying, Put into practice, considering, meditating, work on your thoughts. A lot of the fa- a lot of the difficulty, the fight that we have, is right here. It's between our two ears. What goes on in our minds? Fight it. He said, think about, meditate, concentrate in thinking about everything that's pure and just and kind, worthy of admiration. Whatever is admirable, put it into practice. Think about these things. And, and God will guard your hearts and your minds. You know, it's happened to me too, even, even a short weeks ago. As we were making the transition, the last 60 days, two months to come to LA. Wow, we, we faced, uh, when that, when that winds of change came, uh, it was so bittersweet. Uh, in one sense, it was great, you know. We're moving back with our family. We have a church that, that wants us to serve them. But in the other sense, it was scary. It was scary to, to leave best friends. It was so painful to leave the family of our church in, in Santiago de Chile, who have become our dear best friends. They were family to us, you know. Uh, our daughters, see, seeing my daughters crying, my, seeing my wife weeping, you know, depressed for weeks. Uh, just thinking about leaving Chile and, and she loved that country so much as if it was her own. And, and also the fears of what to expect when we get here. How are they going to receive us? Are they going to like us? Are we going to be okay? Are we going to be able to lead them properly? Uh, so many prayers. And you know, there were nights that I couldn't sleep. <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night. There was a lot of anxiety and fears. And wow, it was, it was hard. To the last, to the last night that we left, 
the very last night we left at the airport, I saw my daughters weeping with their best friends. It was hard for a father to see that. And to pray, God, I, I pray that they have best friends in L.A. But yet, coming here, and we have been praying throughout all the entire time, right? I mean, we're setting our hearts towards God, setting our, our hearts on the, on the direction of our Lord. I mean, day and night, day and night, and then coming here and see how we have been received. See how, see how we have been welcomed and loved and supported, and listened to, and encouraged, is God. With God, everything will be okay. We lack nothing. You know, we didn't bring anything to, to L.A. We, 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 get, we lost everything out there. We left everything. We brought some clothes and a couple of books. Yeah, and it was still 10, ten lawyers. I don't know how we did that, but yeah, we, we brought just clothes. We didn't bring any furniture, nothing. And we thought, well, we'll start from zero, you know, somehow, some way. And then to come, and we're lacking nothing. There's everything. We don't need anything. You know, it's God. God pouring out His love through you guys. Through His family, through His sons and daughters. So I have to tell you, you know, you, you, you might think that everything needs to change around you for you to change your heart. But it's not the case. We need to change our hearts first. And then we will see everything differently. And when we set our hearts, when we set ourselves in God's direction, everything will be okay. So rather than waiting for everybody to change, and we wait for the government to change, for the leaders to change, for our family to change, for everything around us to change, don't wait for anything to change. You and I, let's change. And let's remember that when the winds Change. Remember to change the direction of your sails. Do not look for better winds. Look for a better heart. Do not look for things to be easier. Look to draw nearer to God. Amen. So if you're visiting with us today, I just want to say this is a day of good news. I'm glad you're connected with us. And I want to take the time to invite you to, to seek God, to draw near to God, to follow Paul and Silas' example, to follow the example of the jailer and ask, you know, I, I want to get closer to God. What must I do to be saved? You can talk to the person that invited you to this service and, and they'll be more than glad to sit down with the Bible, with the Scriptures and, and show you God's love and show you how to save your heart in his direction. And for you, brother and sister of the Inland Empire, Rancho Cucamonga, uh, all of you brothers and sisters that are connected today, yes, we face winds of change, but I want you to be encouraged. I want you to look up to God. I want you, like Paul said, to pray, to give thanks, to put all our anxieties on Him, to meditate and put into practice meditating all that is good and great and admirable and praiseworthy. And trust like these godly men did, even facing difficult situations, that the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart 
and your minds. Because I can assure you something. When we face winds of change and we learn to set our hearts in God's direction, the best days will be ahead of us. In a moment, we will take communion together. And you know, I want us to meditate in our Savior, in our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the example and was the example for Paul and Silas. The reason Paul and Silas were able to endure difficult times is because they remember their Lord, Jesus, who sacrificed his entire life, who gave it, he gave everything for you and I, because he also set his sails of his heart in the direction of God. So as we meditate on the communion, let's pray gratefully, let's pray thankfully that Jesus also endured very difficult situations to give you and I the hope of heaven, the hope of salvation, the hope to live this life on earth facing winds of change the way God wants us to do it. So let's meditate in Jesus as we pray for the fruit of the vine and for the bread that represents Jesus' body gave up for you and me. Let's pray. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your sacrifice. Thank you for your example. Thank you for going through difficult times, setting your hearts in what's important, on the priorities, for setting your hearts on God. And Father, thank you for your Son. Thank you for giving us your Son. Thank you for your amazing love and grace through Him. I pray that you bless this communion, that we will remember uh, the, the, the blood that was shed by your Son and His body broken for each of us, Father. I pray that you bless this time and bless this communion, Lord. In the name of your Son, we pray. Amen.